Okay, another part of my... my yeah! Woohoo! Yeah! I almost said a bad word. I'm... <laughs> and I'm the one who's drinking coffee because I didn't think I'd stay awake for this. <laughs> Time to run. Welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. You have happened across the only podcast completely dedicated to learning and mastering the Jeff Galloway Run Walk Run training method right from Jeff himself. Jeff's Run Walk Run training method has been developed and evolved over many years using feedback from nearly half a million of your fellow runners. This podcast will run, walk, run you gently through Jeff's training methods to get you to the finish line of your next event or simply help you run to your 100. So lace up those running shoes and let's get moving. Welcome to episode 9.5 of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. How's everybody doing? I'd like to say welcome, and before I forget, which I certainly will do, if you're listening here in the United States, I'd like to say happy Thanksgiving, and that I, for one, have a lot to be thankful for, including all of you. So, before I begin, I want to... um, take just a few minutes. I promise I'll keep this short, Um, but I need to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get started, and I promise you I will not belabor this point much longer. There has been a change in the podcast feed, so unless you have gone out and subscribed to the Galloway Extra Mile podcast on your um, podcast catcher of choice, then this may may very well be the last episode that you listen to. And if that's the case, and we part ways, um, thanks very much for the years and years of downloads and following us. I will will definitely miss all of you. But what I'd prefer you do is head back over to wherever you download your podcast and search for The Galloway Extra Mile Podcast. You will know you've got the right one if the logo you see is a caricature of Jeff Galloway, Chris Twiggs, and yours truly. That's the new feed. We are still having a slight issue with Google Podcasts, and I hope to have that resolved. I have jumped through every hoop they've asked me to. Um, But for some reason, they just take a lot longer than the other spots. Um, So you can either subscribe using our new RSS feed. And by the way, over at um, our Facebook page, I did post a very short YouTube video on how to do that. And it's very, very easy. Or you're obviously also welcome to download it from one of our other many, many feeds um, that have 
already added us to their to their uh, podcasts, and those are all over at our website www.thegallowayextramile.com and you also always have the option of reaching out and sending me an email and I will be happy to help step you through any of your options so let's get moving my training well we have certainly hit cold weather here in Ohio and so on my runs I'm I'm wearing usually at least three layers of clothing. And the, the, the cold weather always seems to slow my pace down during the winter months. But that's okay. Um, winter for me is when I recharge my batteries. I rest a bit more. And I just try to get out for runs uh, three to four times a week. And try to make sure I still get my walks in six or seven days a week. For some reason, the pace slows down and I don't really care about it, you know. It's just hunkering down and getting through the cold um, the cold winter months. I also try to increase my lifting. It's If I'm going to stay inside, it's a good time of the year to increase my strength training. And um, just try to make improvements there. If I lived in the, the, uh, the warm climate, this would all be different, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, I hate that term. Anyway, it is what it is, and uh, I try to make the best of what I can do. So listen, wish me luck on that, huh? So far, so good. So listen, let's go over the syllabus for this episode. I somehow find myself with so much great content that I have decided to make this episode 9.5 a bit easier to digest. Something you may all want to do yourselves on Thanksgiving Day this week. So here's the deal with episode 9.5. We will split this episode into two rather equal time parts. We'll have an episode 9.5a and an episode 9.5b. In part A, we will again catch up with Jeff Galloway. And it has been far too long. After we figure out where Jeff has been over these last few weeks, and also, maybe more importantly, where you can catch up with Jeff and track him down yourselves in the very near future, We will hit Jeff with some very interesting run-walk-run questions from listeners, including the whole 30-second versus 60-second walk break controversy that's been going around lately. But before we get into that chat with Jeff, I do want to pull the curtain back just a little bit on that chat. Normally, when Jeff and I get on the, the, uh, the Zoom to chat, we will catch up on a personal level first. We will sometimes chat for, you know, five to ten minutes on, where you been? What's been going on? What's going on in your life these days? 
And that's exactly how this episode will begin. But normally where I will say to Jeff, okay, Jeff, let's, let's get started. I'm going to start recording. I'll count down three, two, one, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Jeff started hitting me up on such good stuff from the very, very beginning that I didn't want to miss any of it, and I certainly didn't want him to have to remember all the good stuff that he started talking about. So in this episode, you will soon realize that Jeff and I are just chatting away, and when it comes time to start recording, I'm just going to tell Jeff, hey, this stuff's too good to, to lose, so let's just keep going. So that's what you'll hear. It's a little bit of pulling the curtain back so we don't miss any of the good stuff. Then, after our chat with Jeff, we will catch up with Coach Twiggs, which has not been easy to do lately. And you will see why. We'll have another very, very fun conversation with um, Coach Twiggs. And I've asked Coach Twiggs to critique some of the workouts that I've been doing lately basically just to keep my workouts kind of fresh and less boring, if you will. I thought maybe they would um, help some of you do the same. So Coach Twiggs will lend his advice on some of the stuff I've been doing. So after catching up with Coach Twiggs, we will take a very short 24-hour break. You're making this too hard. Oh, I'm, I'm making this too hard. Okay, what do you want me to do? I don't know. I don't know. Look, oh, maybe we should just take a break. Okay, okay, fine. You're right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Let's cool off, okay? Let's get some frozen yogurt or something. And then we will get to episode 9.5B. That episode will be posted just a short 24 hours after you're listening to this episode. Unless, of course, you've not downloaded or subscribed to the new podcast feed, in which case um, that won't be in your little podcast catcher. In episode B, we will first chat with a representative from a rather new and very interesting running headset company by the name of Oladance. Oladance is a startup company making the Oladance wearable stereo headsets. So think uh, shocked, but without the bone conduction. It's a very different and rather cool concept. I think you'll enjoy listening about. And we will finish the entire episode with another runner's round table chat with some extra milers where I hit them all up discussing four or five running-related potpourri of questions. Another laid-back chat with some friends about what we all love to chat about. But please stick around after episode 9.5b so we can chat before I let you all head to the Thanksgiving Day dinner table. So let's get on with the good stuff here in part A, and we will chat again at the end of part B. Y'all enjoy your extra mile. 
You look good. Well, I feel good. And good. Uh, coming off a, a really neat 15-day trip. So we we had a lot of fun and a lot of interesting experiences and stories. And, you know, the whole thing is it's all good. <laughs> yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about that. I know you went to um, a retreat out in California. So I had that on here to talk about. It started um, on the, actually the day before Halloween, in which we went down there so that we could go on trick-or-treating with Elliot. Which we oh, did. how cool. And that was just a neat experience. And also to be with them for a couple of days before the wine and dine got started. And that was... Um, its usual energetic, you know, just amazing experience. Right. So then we took right off for the West Coast. And uh, I was uh, out there for four days, uh, three days rather, with uh, Elmo and his wife, Pam. Oh, good. How's Elmo doing? Barb couldn't go because she actually, her team, her tennis team, got in the city finals, the Atlanta city finals. And so uh, her uh, uh, tennis partner called her up right after they qualified and said, Barbara, you're going to come up. (laughs) And they'd been playing together for mostly 35 years. So this is one of those (laughs) long-term friendships. Yeah. Uh, But she flew out for the Carmel retreat, which started on Thursday. And those are always just amazing. Uh, We often will have, starting now, predictions of rain for mostly the whole weekend. And none of that occurred. Good. (laughs) It's just another beautiful weekend like it usually is out there. And uh, great people. It was just... uh, we're still glowing, even though we did get back at uh, 1 a.m. this morning. <laughs> oh, my. I'm sorry. I got you out of bed. No, not at all. I I woke up almost at the regular time of 6 o'clock. I guess it was more like 7 by the time I I actually was awake. But uh, it's all good. It's all hey, good. Uh, I'm, 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 instead of introducing like I normally do, I'm just going to, because this is such great stuff. I want to use it. I'm just going to. Keep going with this, if you don't mind, for the podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the great things that uh, I'm able to do is to reflect on what has gone on during a trip. Uh, I usually segment out a trip like this when it's been certainly more than a week and has had a variety of experiences. What is what are the more um salient ones which ones sort of lend themselves to helping people understand more what the running experience is and and i had a number of those on this extended trip before before we get off the whole um trick-or-treat thing that you talked about um (laughs) i saw and shared on our facebook page the the cutest um Dracula I've ever seen. <laughs> that was so funny when you were counting like the count and I shared that on Facebook and we got an amazing response. Probably more more likes and shares and smiley faces than we've gotten on anything else. 
Well, I have to say that um, I have to give credit where credit is due. First of all, the idea for dressing up uh, on Thanksgiving was really Weston and Carissa because they do that more than any other family member. And um, it um, it's something that Barb embraced. So then Barb uh, takes off and makes the costumes. And so she made my costume and it it was uh, not an easy one to do. It was uh, took many, many different uh, innovations and so forth. She had I, never- I liked your widow's peak. Oh yeah, isn't that something? <laughs> that one is one of the things. Uh, Barb uh, can be, you know, leaning towards a perfectionist about her work, and mm-hmm. she takes her seamstress work very seriously, and so she For got her. into that. <clears throat> and um, it was just a, a, a really neat experience. Um, Weston and Carissa live in one of these neighborhoods where the uh, houses are next to one another, and there's very little traffic on the road. So um, you can go through the neighborhood and feel safe and have the kids be able to go up and do their candy thing and see other kids and you know it's it's sort of the way it was when i remember going around years ago in my trick-or-treat days but uh what was funny about elliot is that he wanted to ride in a cart even though we were going for quite a distance and and we sort of told him this is going to be a distance and you can walk uh, with us or you can go in a cart. Well, he wanted to go in a cart. So at each house, uh, we'd lift him out of the cart and he would run as fast as he could <laughs> to the porch. And then he'd get to that uh, bucket of candy and he would spend several minutes trying to figure out what he was going to get. And almost always he'd pick a lollipop over <laughs> and over again. I mean, we're talking about dozens of of houses (laughs) but uh oh what a treat and uh what what a joyous experience it was grandma and grandpa got some steps out of out of the two i bet we sure did (laughs) how was wine and dine this year um i am assuming that you were along the course somewhere like disney's been doing with you right yes that uh tradition that new tradition has continued and uh so uh the usual actually the the expo activity was an increase over what it had been earlier in the year we had very few periods during the whole three days of expos uh in which there wasn't anybody who was waiting to talk to me it it was really a great uh, energetic time and time for solving problems and and getting people's feedback uh, which of course is overwhelmingly good most of it is that my method has allowed them to change their lives in a number of of really wonderful ways and uh, all types of great stories Uh, I got a number of contacts that I'm going to be using in my book, Cardiac Comeback, 
and also a lot of other comeback stories that people had through running. And, you know, as I reflected on this, what I came up with um, was, first of all, this uh, thought and, and realization that these most of these folks, before they started running, were overweight and did almost no regular exercise. They, they were about as out of shape as, as any group in our society. And they, um, most of them had some affiliation with Disney coming to the parks and so forth. And the family situation was um, reinforced. Um, and then, then they saw something about these run Disney events. And uh, they shook their heads in most cases. What the heck is this? I mean, going out and running? <laughs> then they start looking at you run through the parks. The only time that you can run when there aren't crowds around uh, and uh, all of the other possibilities. So, you know, they're very doubtful, most of them, because how can I possibly do something like this? Um, 5K, 10K, or even the unthinkable, a half marathon. So they flip through the website and see my method. You only have to run maybe even 10 seconds and you can, can do this and get these wonderful medals. And, and so they try it and they, they do it. And now so many of these folks are five to 10 years into this. And they're telling me how, you know, I go from this person that hated exercise to if I don't exercise on my day, I don't feel right. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. And I have to explain to them the uh, essence of our human condition. And that is that our ancestors programmed us to be workers, to move ourselves for m multiple miles every single day, because this is what survival for our ancestors was all about. And we are programmed down deep to get a workout in, not necessarily every day, but at least about every other day. And when we do that, we get a sense of satisfaction that we just don't get in other areas of life. And these folks are discovering that. And it's just a wonderful community. Uh, and of course, they're spreading the word and bringing their friends in. I, I truly credit the Disney folks, and particularly the Run Disney uh, wing of their operation, for bringing in uh, hundreds of thousands of new people and, and people that wouldn't be doing any running if it weren't for their events. Well, I think it's a it says a lot that um, the Run Disney folks on one hand, and then the Galloway Run Walk Run. There's a perfect synergy there to get the people interested, and then you to show them. It's not, it's not too much for you to, to do. You can do it. It's an amazing uh, teamwork. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, who would have thought this uh, before it happened? It, it sort of evolved because I was there, invited 
singly to the events from the very first one back in 94. And then the, uh, the community started coming as these folks discovered these wonderful rewards and the psychological rewards. And uh, it's a wonderful team uh, connection. It, it, it is absolutely the best. I've got some great questions I want to get into here in a minute. But before I do, I want to I want to pitch a couple of things that I see you've got coming up on uh, December the third. I want to uh, pitch for our buddy um, Mark at the uh, Jersey Shore uh, Galloway Group um, at eight o'clock on December the third. You're going to have a master class for that group, and then and then you're going to um, shoot up to New York City and have one the same day at three o'clock in the afternoon. So how are these master classes going for you? Well, uh, Mark uh, in in Jersey, uh, Jersey Shore and uh, Joel and his team in New York City are doing a fabulous job with our program and, and have done the uh, training groups up there uh, now for years and years and and they really have a great following but they have expanded in areas that aren't that that initially weren't really so receptive to putting walk breaks into runs and yeah. they've, they've brought so many people however there's a whole lot of folks out there in uh those areas that would like to learn more and um really have not gotten the chance to have any connection with me. So I'm coming up there and I will be doing a, um, a, a master class to go over every aspect of our method and then to help each individual with their questions and clarify what they don't understand and, and help them develop that motivation that we see happening in all of our training groups when people use the right run, walk, run. So um, you can find information on that at jeffgalloway.com and look look at the top under the learn tab and you'll clearly see about the master classes. And like I said, December 3rd in the morning at Jersey Shore with our buddy Mark and then uh, three o'clock that same day in New York City with Joel and his group. Um, this is the new and improved version of the running schools as I understand it, right? It is. Um, a lot has happened, obviously, since we were doing these before COVID. Yep. But we have edited the uh, classes so that they move more quickly. They provide better feedback and chance for people to ask questions as we go. And uh, we've had great feedback on that. Good. So if you're in that area, either those areas, check it out. Um, I have some general questions I wanted to get into, and one of them I know we've spoken about before, but I want to get into a little bit more depth because there was clearly a little bit, of, there is clearly a little bit of confusion from what I've seen on different Facebook pages, including ours. And it starts with a question um, that, well, a couple of questions, but I'm going to just read you from our buddy, Nate. He would like to know when and how did you make the change from the 60-second to the 30-second walk break? What's the genesis of that, and why is it? Yeah, and uh, I'm glad, Nate, that you're asking that question, because a lot of people have uh, wondered about that. And um, 
I regularly meet people who were even in our Galloway programs uh, 15, 20 years ago, and they were using these different strategies and wondered why we changed them. Well, um, my method is based on data and experience. And so um, over the years, uh, I have averaged about 90 to 100 email questions a day from folks, and I still get about that many to this day. I'll give folks advice, and then they will get back to me, and a very high percentage of them will, telling me how the advice worked. This is what fuels changes in our program. In the case of Run, Walk, Run Amounts, uh, I realized about 20 years ago that having a full minute of walking didn't work for everybody, that they ended up slowing down more towards the end of long runs and, and particularly races. And in races, when they were walking for a full minute, during the second half of that minute, they tended to slow down more and more, and it became harder to get started again. Uh, so I started experimenting with individuals that I was coaching in shortening the walk break to 30 seconds. And uh, in most of the cases, it, it worked. And in uh, a high percentage of these cases, it worked extremely well uh, with significant improvement in race times as a result of the shorter amounts of running, shorter amounts of walking. So I did a study on certain key groups uh, that I knew could collect the data very well and, and give it back to me. And that occurred about 10 years ago now. In that uh, instance, it became very clear after a year of getting the data that the 32nd uh, walk break and then shortening the run segment allowed people to recover faster, to uh, reduce the chance of injury even more than before, and in a lot of cases to run faster. And so after we made the shift in our Galloway programs, we had, uh, say, uh, people that were wanting to run 10 minutes per mile. And so instead of running 90 seconds and walking 30, I had them uh, running for um, 45 seconds and, and, excuse me, instead of running three minutes and walking one minute, they were running for 90 seconds and walking 30 seconds. Um, but I did even have some faster runners who got down to running 45 seconds and walking 15, just so you'll know that there are some new things that can come about sure. in the future. But in this case, um, when people went from minutes of running and a minute of walking and shifted to the 30-second break with half the amount of running, the average improvement in a half marathon was a little over four minutes. So wow. there was a significant improvement that occurred just from changing up 
the uh, run, walk, run amount to a 30 second walk break. So um, on the Just Jeffing It Facebook page, which is a really popular one, and uh, Erica, um, the question was asked, and then and Erica said that if she can run five minutes at once, um, does she walk longer than the 30 seconds? So it, your, yours, your ratio is just keep it at 30 seconds and then, and then shorten your run a little bit if you want to. Or is there anything wrong with running five minutes and then walking 30 seconds? It depends upon what type of a run we're talking about. Um, a five-minute run during a long run, especially if it's done in the beginning of the run, can produce significant fatigue that makes it uh, harder to recover uh, from that run. Now, that said, on short runs, there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to do five minutes if you're not having any trouble with that. Just go ahead uh, and, and do it. Just realize that the longer you run continuously, the more susceptible you're going to be to aches and pains and lingering fatigue afterwards. It just takes longer to recover. So lastly, Peg pointed out something very important, I think, um, when she spoke that when she said that the 30 second maximum was not set in stone, she mentions that. Um, a couple of years ago, she actually had a conversation with you, and I think she was recovering from some knee surgery or knee pain of some sort. So that 30 seconds maximum is not set in stone. There are certain times when if you need a little bit more walk, you walk a little more, right? Oh, absolutely right. The bottom line for each individual is to find the run-walk run that works for that individual. And there are a lot of exceptions. The trend, however, is not to go longer than 30 seconds, to, to go shorter than that. And, and there are just a lot of success stories when people do that. But if you as an individual are doing better in whatever you're trying to do with your running by running, uh, you know, the amount that works for you and then walking more than 30 seconds, hey, go for it. Do what works. Very good. Our, our buddy Tom has an interesting question. He's down in, um, I believe he's in the Raleigh Galloway group, which is, I think, maybe your largest. I know it's very big down there, isn't it? It still is. Yes, our largest. Um, he wants to know your thoughts on not a walk break, but a sit break on, on some of his runs. He's had the discipline to sit down for only a, a few minutes during very, very long runs, and he seems to end up feeling a little better. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, there's there's no problem with that um, unless the runner gets up from the sit-down break and has trouble uh, wobbling and the, they get stiff. Uh, mm -hmm. Sitting down can allow the legs to recover better than a walk break, but if the legs are already tired and you sit down for a little bit too long, whatever that is for you, you could definitely have trouble getting back into the uh, rhythm of, of running. So just see what, what works for you. Helen has something interesting. We'd like to know what supplements you and Barb take um, for daily living, running, and just staying healthy. Do you guys take any supplements? 
Um, yes and no. Uh, I do have a supplement that it has just a ton of research behind it that is put out by Dr. Kenneth Cooper's Aerobics Institute in Dallas, Texas. And um, this um, is a well-balanced um, uh, formula that, um, in my case, was originally designed for people that were pushing their envelope and uh, maybe needed to make sure they were getting enough vitamins and minerals uh, for that. Now, that said, I don't take the vitamins every day. Um, I really use it as uh, a stopgap when I may be traveling or I'm in a series of uh, days in which I'm very busy and I'm not looking as carefully at my nutrition as I really should. Um, so in that case, it's just sort of an insurance policy that I am getting the vitamins and minerals that I need. Um, the ultimate is to work with your doctor, your uh, primary care physician, and do regular blood work, at least for a while, to see if you are deficient in any of these vitamins and minerals. And then you can find a supplement that helps you, uh, you know, correct for that. Very good. Here's a, here's a really good one from Christina. <clears throat> She's our um, amazing walker friend of the podcast. And I know, um, keeping in mind, you have a great book out there called Fit Kids, Smarter Kids. She'd like to know if there are any limits on how far teenagers should run, say like uh, 14 to 16 year olds or 17 to 18 year olds. What's your advice for running with those with that age group? The uh, downside tends to be psychological burnout if uh, the kids go too far. So um, individual uh, uh, coaching is really the best concept. In other words, get to know the child and see if the child is, is responding positively, feels good, seems to recover fast. Or on the other side, if they're complaining about how hard the runs are and, and, and saying, uh, I don't know that I can do this next run, and uh, then citing aches and pains after every single one, um, in that case, it's time to back off and really let their bodies rebound so that they will be ready for the next one and can enjoy it. Now, age type of limits are put by racing organizations. And generally speaking, the uh, 10K distance is often limited to people, to kids that are 10 years old or older. And when you bump it up to a half marathon, it is usually around 15 to 18 years of age. Marathons, 18 um, is sort of a standard there also. Uh, so keep in mind that kids are going to be able, most kids actually are able to push themselves far beyond 
what would burn them out. And so we have to be very careful about that because I, I can tell you, I can cite examples of many kids that I've met uh, as adults who said, yeah, I used to run a lot when I was a kid. I really enjoyed it, but, you know, I just burned out on it and I, I don't want to do it. Or there was a period when they didn't want to do it and then they picked it up later. So to, to sustain the motivation to do what is amazing in the mind and body through distance running, you really need to watch kids because they will push themselves farther than they really should be going and they get burned out for that. So just be careful. Very good. Our buddy Tim from Signal Mountain, Tennessee, um, has kind of a different one. What types of uh, training or or exercises do you recommend for someone who wants to stay active, but he can't at the moment, he can't run because uh, I'm afraid Tim dropped something on his toe and his toe is not in any shape to run. He was in the middle of some uh, rather deep marathon training and he wants to uh, minimize the fitness loss. Water running is the best. And uh, of course, when you have a trauma injury like uh, that, uh, there, you may be able to run in the water and you may not. Uh, but if you can run in the deep end of a swimming pool and you have that available, that has been proven to maintain the adaptations of running and also the endurance of long runs. So all of that said, the whole point is to every other day, get in that pool, uh, get ease yourself out into the deep end using a flotation belt and use your legs in a way that is very similar to the running motion that you would use on land. And what that means is that your leg, one leg is going behind you and then it comes forward and it kicks out ahead just slightly and then it goes behind you again. And uh, that motion can give you a slight amount of extra strength in some of the small muscle groups uh, so that you can have a backup if your main muscle groups get tired in a race later on. But it certainly has produced uh, and maintained the conditioning even when somebody has been out for as long as eight weeks with no running. When they run in the pool and done the long ones to the amount of time that they normally would be out there during a whatever long run they were training for every second or third week. So that really is the best um, exercise. Now, there are other exercises that can be done, but with a damaged foot, it it's very specific and you just have to figure out what works. Water running. I didn't think of that. That's a, that's a great answer. Thanks for that, Jeff. Last two things before I let you go here. Um, You've got this new app going on. That's pretty exciting. I mean, everybody looks for an app these days to help them out. How's that going? It's going really well. Uh, Over 30,000 downloads in just a few weeks. Um, the, The whole concept of this 
is to build on a platform that we had years ago with a company called Lolo Fit. And uh, they keep uh, evolving and so forth, but uh, we worked out a deal with them that uh, we're going into partnership to build this app and to maintain it. And it's a spectacular app. I mean, um, you download it free, it gives you a free run, walk, run timer and uh, some other free freebies there. Um, if you want to uh, train for specific events, the training programs do have a fee, a nominal fee, but um, you also have access to a lot of resources. The first one is I'm going to be coaching you for every workout, so you better get used to my voice. <laughs> I'm going to be pitching in there and telling you, you can do it. Now, don't give up now. And you don't know how many people have told me that uh, they've used the app for years and they don't know how I sense it. But just when they're about ready to stop the run and give up and quit, I come on with one of the statements. Well, I, I know that that uh, wasn't something that I really sensed. It, it was serendipitous, but it works. And uh, the other major change and advancement of this app is nutrition. Uh, my uh, uh, daughter-in-law, Carissa, is a registered dietitian, and she has done a fabulous job with setting up nutritional resources uh, so that you can uh, figure out how to set up calorie budgets and go all the way down to shopping lists and so forth. So take a look at it. It, it is a great app. It'll keep you motivated. It'll give you the information. And um, it's particularly of interest to people that don't have Galloway training groups. You can still have all of that training done. And you can either use uh, your own music and input it into the app, or you can use the music that the app uh, provides. Very good. And just... Um... First of all, go download it. Give it a try. Just play with it for a while. Like Jeff said, there's a lot of freebie stuff on there. And um, very shortly, um, I will be discussing in detail the uh, the app with um, Weston Galloway. And uh, so look Weston for that. Was the uh, producer of that and has done a fabulous job. Um, I, I'm really so excited about how it's turned turned out. It's it's fun and it's very very useful. Last item before I let you go, Jack, you got a deal coming up in um, in mid-March. How is that going and how's the response been? I mean, I know what the response has been from my perspective and my friends about the, the change of date of the JG 13.1 to the weekend of the, um, the 18th and 19th of March. How's it going and how's the feedback been? Well, we've gotten overwhelming positive feedback about the change of date into March. Uh, December is just a, a tough time for people for a whole lot of reasons. And, uh, and March in Atlanta, mid-March is usually a very good time for weather, for temperatures in the morning and, uh, and, and racing. Uh, so you, you'll see some, some flowers that you never saw in December and, uh, you can uh, usually be outside more and enjoy the wonderful things that we have in Atlanta during the springtime. 
uh, and we are getting a great response. It, it's uh, we just really uh, started the uh, promotion the first of this month, and we are really seeing um, a better initial response than we've had in years. And we're very excited about that. I think it's going to be a fabulous weekend. One of the big changes that I've seen that I'm pretty excited about is um, Barb's losing a Barb's 5K, but she's gaining the Leprechaun Chase 5K powered by Barb Galloway. That sounds pretty fun. We're going to have some fun with that. Um, A lot of fun with that. Uh, So look for some... uh, some new information about costumes and uh, maybe some uh, other themes that we would have. Uh, so stay tuned with us. It's going to yeah. be a fun time and uh, a lot of leprechauns running around. Yeah, definitely think about bringing the kitties to the to the um, the kid run the the fun run in the morning for the kids too. There's there's some create your own green slime. There's decorating St. Patty's Day cookies. It's just going to be a fun day, especially for the kids. Absolutely. All right, Jeff, I think I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time today. Um, let's not wait so long before we do this again. People are screaming at me. Where's Jeff been? Where's Jeff been? Well, Kevin, I agree. And I just, uh, I love working with you. I also really respect the quality of your work. I uh, continue to meet uh, and talk with people every single week who download um, your episodes that go go back in history and they're just as salient today as they were five years ago or whatever it was when they uh, were originally produced you do a great job and i <laughs> love being a part of it thanks jeff uh, let's chat again soon safe travels and uh, tell barb we said hi sure well thanks <laughs> thanks jeff And here's another favorite part of my show, and it is when we catch up with Coach Chris Twiggs. Mr. Twiggs, how are we doing today? Better than I deserve, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm good, and I finally got a hold of you. I reached out some time ago, and no, you couldn't do it, I know, because no, you didn't say no, but you were traveling. You were in you were in Orlando for the Disney Wine and Dine, I think. So I'm thinking, well, right after that, I'll catch up. No, no, you got jumped the plane and flew to New York City. Okay, fine. He'll be back from New York soon. And then you left the continent and went to Greece, for God's sakes. You- what you're trying to do, what you're trying to do, and this is, this is not going to work because nobody that's ever heard this podcast is going to buy it. But what you're trying to do is blame me for how long it's taken for this episode. <laughs> no! <laughs> But you're right. All of that stuff is true. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. So did it start? Did it start with wine and dine? What else have you, where did it start? Um, Yeah. I mean, it pretty much started with wine and dine. I mean, I don't think we've talked, have we talked since London? Ooh, I don't think we have. That was right before, was that right before wine and dine? That was October. You're right. Um, So October was the London marathon. I got to go over there and pace that. And then um, came back from there. And then I think my next race after that, I don't think I did a marathon in between. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, so yeah, then I came back, I had a little bit of time at home and then right, you're right, I went down, I set up the expo at Wine and Dine, but then I was only there for a day. 
after I, I was set it up Wednesday, was in the booth Thursday, flew to New York City Friday, ran the marathon there Sunday, flew home Monday, and then Tuesday flew out to Greece. <laughs> uh, and then after Greece, I flew back to uh, flew back home, but Delta Airlines thought it would be great not to get me back home right away. So they gave me a 16 hour layover in Paris yesterday. Uh, well, what's what is what does yesterday even mean anymore? Um, yeah. uh, Wednesday night through Thursday morning, 16 hour layover in Paris. And then as we're recording this on Friday, I got home yesterday on Thursday. What did you do for 16 hours in Paris? Did you just hang out at the airport or did you go do Heck something? No, are you kidding? I'm not <laughs> sit in the airport for 16 hours in one of the most amazing places on earth. Um, no, I took the I took the train in to town. Um, there's a there's a tiki, there's a tiki bar, Kevin. Of course. Oh, of course. Um, so I went to the tiki bar. Uh that I, uh, there are actually two good tiki bars that I know of, but I think one of them is closing or may have just closed, sadly. Um, so I went to, uh, went to my favorite of the two anyway, that I knew was still open and um, hung out there for a while. And then I walked, it was pouring rain, but I walked anyway. I think I walked about, um, I think I walked about five miles, uh, from, from there down to, Notre Dame and then walked along the Seine up to the Eiffel Tower. And then I, I checked into an Airbnb um, there for the night and then reversed, then didn't reverse the process, hopped right back on a train yesterday morning um, back up to the airport and then flew home. Well, you got some uh, frequent flyer miles built up. Yeah, I did. Um, you, you know, between the London trip and this, and even the, the, uh, the trip up to see you up in, Date. date yeah um between all those those flights and then of course i had the flight over to ireland back in june so yeah i, I did earn some points and even got uh one of the legs i think it was the flight up to new york city uh got bumped up to the front of the plane which i Ooh. was nice you know yeah. that was kind of a, nice when you get a freebie like that so so how did um how did athens go Athens went really well. Um, it was, I had thought that this was the first time I had done marathons on back-to-back -back weekends, but I, it's not true because I remember now that uh, there was a year that I did the, I did Ironman Florida and then the next weekend ran Athens. Um, so this doing Athens just, just a week after New York City, um, I knew that I would not be fast for me at Athens. And so I set myself a goal of running a conservative pace for the first half, thinking that then I could pick up the pace in the second half and have a negative split. The problem is there's a big darn hill in the second half of the Athens marathon. And uh, I think when I finally looked at the numbers, I think I ended up running the second half about 24 seconds slower than the first half. So not bad, all no. told, not bad. Um, but I was about uh, 358, I think, in Athens. So, um, which is, I'm perfectly fine with that. It was a warm day, not not as warm as New York City. New York City was downright hot. Yeah. 
but it was a good time. And then best part of it was after, you know, I finished, my mom was there. I could, could hang out with her for a little while, um, get rehydrated. And then once I felt recovered, I set out to, uh, backtrack on the course and went about 6k out from the finish and found my dad and three of his friends that were together and then came back in with them and it was just so neat to see my dad with with these folks they were they were doing what we're all supposed to do in the last part of a marathon which is passing people uh <laughs> they were passing a bunch of people in the last part of that marathon and uh, and got to see got to see him finish that cross finish line with his friends and um he says it's going to be his last marathon maybe that's true but um but regardless uh, i'm just really excited that that he got that done oh, really yeah perfectly. yeah how old's dad now 70 something 78 78 yeah he yeah. looks in he looks great he looks yeah great. yeah he does i'm super proud of him um, they're actually still over there. Mm -hmm. I got a text. Uh, I got a text from dad earlier today that they were in Corinth, um, uh, Greece, uh, where there's a neat canal that's kind of cool to see, uh, Corinthian canal. And, um, and so they're still over there for a few more days. I guess they come home. I'm not sure when Monday or Tuesday, I guess. So, and the most impressive thing about dad is that he is a, uh, Cincinnati Bearcat alumni. That is absolutely, you know, that's how he begins every conversation. Um, it is with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Very good. Uh, and you're not done traveling because you got a little bit more traveling coming up in a week and a half or so. A week. Yeah. So um, we've got a, a, a little uh, half marathon in Jacksonville on Thanksgiving, which I will be pacing. And then on Saturday, I'll head down to Cocoa Beach. And the Galloway Pacers are handling uh, the pacing of the back half of the um, the Space Coast Marathon and Half Marathon down there. So I'll be pacing four hours in the uh, in the Space Coast Marathon. So it's just a night, just one night away, and just a short, like a four hour drive. So you get to rest for December, do you? No, um, December. Well, of course, used to be we'd be heading up to Atlanta for Jeff's yeah, half, yeah. Um, but that got moved to March, which I think we're all very excited about. And uh, so I'm going. The only race I have in December is we have the Ameris Marathon and Half Marathon here in Jacksonville, and I have a buddy from Colorado who's going to be coming here to run the half marathon and he'd wanted me to pace him for that. So I just put myself on as the pacer for the group. He wants to the time he wants. So I'll be pacing him. Nice. Uh, but then the week before that, actually, I have a friend who is running the Daytona 100, which is a hundred mile race from Jacksonville to Daytona beach. And he asked me if I would run uh, part of that with him. So I'm I'm signed up to do anywhere from 20 to 40 miles. I'm not sure how many I'll actually do with him. Uh, but that'll be that'll be fun to pace him in in that event. So, so if, if, what I'm hearing here is if I do another episode, which I really want to do before Christmas, 
good luck trying to track you down again. I'm, you know, I'm good during the week. Usually, we could do this from your phone while, as you run with your like with your buddy on 100 miles or whatever. We could, yeah, 100. percent We could. He's actually a podcaster as well. Yeah. Um. So we could do a crossover episode. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you make me tired just catching up with you for trying. <laughs> <about>. Um. <laughs> Let's get into to, to some of these questions I want to go over with you today. But mm-hmm. before I do, I want to point something out. The last time we spoke, we had the discussion on BHAGs. Yes. You will, you will recall. And since then, our buddy Nate completed his MCM 50K, which for those of you who are um, challenged as I am with the metric system, it's thirty, a little over 30 miles. And so I wanted to ask, from a customized training point of view, um, how did how did his plan differ from, say, just a, a normal marathon plan? Or, you know, not much. Um, no. To be honest with you, a fifty k is well. First of all, not to in any way diminish the accomplishment of running a fifty k. It's a big deal. It sure. is an ultra marathon. Definitely was the it was the gateway. It's but it it's I'd call it the gateway ultra marathon, right? Okay. It's, it's an ultra marathon that is accessible. I think to marathoners, if you've run a marathon, you could do a 50 K you're talking about, you're going five miles further. That's mm-hmm. all it is just five miles further. And so the training for a 50 K is about the same as what we would have for someone with a time goal in a marathon. So you know that for a marathon, just to finish, we have folks, you know, Jeff Galloway came up with this with this plan and we follow it that we have folks go up to 26 miles for a training run for the marathon. For a time goal, we'll typically have people go up to 29 miles as a long run for training. And so what I do when I'm putting together a training plan for a 50K is we have that 29-mile training run. So you do a 26-mile training run. A few weeks later, 29-mile training run. A few weeks later, you've got that 50K. So we don't have people go all the way up to the 50K distance in training, but we do treat it as just that stepping stone from like we would for the marathon, 2023-26. You just go on to 29 and then 31. So for you listeners, it was Chris Twiggs who said, if you've done a marathon, going that extra five miles was no big deal. I, I'm not sure how many of us has been to the- I didn't say, I didn't, didn't say no big deal. Were, were the, were, did I say, I don't remember <laughs> That's what, what I, I heard. I don't know. I think what I, I said know. was, if you've done a marathon, you can do a 50K. Gotcha. And, I, and that's true. I, I 100% believe that. You, you really can. Uh, what makes it, harder for a lot of people. Well, there, there are two ways that it could be harder. One way it could be harder is the way I did it, which is to do it on a trail. A lot of people, when they switch to ultra marathons or when they get into ultra marathons, they switch over to trail. And that's definitely harder because of the challenges of a more undulating surface obstacles that you may have to get over or around that sort of thing. What Nate did that was harder with this 50k than would be for a lot of 50ks is he did it at marine corps and at marine corps they are still required to get in under the cutoffs that the marathoners are required to do Mm -hmm. so yes they let those ultra runners start early but 
yeah, you start early, but you've also got to run five more miles. So, and they don't start early enough that it makes up for the five more miles that they have to do. So they still had to get to that gauntlet up at the mall uh, in DC in time to run the mall and not get cut off there. They had to get to the bridge in time to run the bridge and not get picked up and trucked across the bridge. They had to get to the gauntlet at Crystal City and not you know, miss that deadline and have to, to cut that off. So that's not an easy 50K for your first 50K because it still has very strict time cutoffs. Well, congratulations to you as his coach and congratulations again to Nate. Good behind. I'm, I'm so proud of him. And and of course, the way he did it, uh, he had a friend running with him the whole time. Alan ran with him, uh, which was awesome. And then we had a couple of other folks in in Customize that were doing it as well, that were running it together. Um, so it, you know, Adam and Tony did it. They all they all crushed it. They all did great. Very good. So listen, um, I got a couple questions I want to ask you here, and I've not teed this up. These are my favorite when I throw in questions that I know you and I have not spoken about in the past, so I can put you put you on the hot seat. Yep. So um, what I've been trying to do lately since since um, actually um, you helped me get started training for um, before bird in hand, I try to mix up my runs to add a little more variety and to keep from getting too bored. So I'd like to play a game. And yes. I, call this, I call this game, Kevin, you are brilliant or Kevin, you are nuts. Now I realize both of those can be true at one time, but for this game, it's one or the other. I'll describe a few workouts that I, I loosely say I invented. I of course didn't, but I came up with them with my tiny little brain and I've been doing, and you tell me which, which is, am I brilliant or am I nuts? Okay. I'm ready. So my last speed work I did was based on your plan, what you told me to do. My last one was, there were 800s, and I did 10 of them, right? And that was based on timing you gave me from my magic mile. Yeah. So since, since bird in hand, I haven't really done the, um, uh, those 800s. But once a week, I run a three-mile run. I go out for three miles, set my timer at 30.15, right? Yeah, I run for 30 um, and I walk for 15 and I push the 30 a lot. I wouldn't say I sprint, but on a scale of one to 10, I'm probably at an eight, sometimes nine. Am I brilliant or am I, am I a fool? Am I God, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm in high school and I was just given uh-huh. a word problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you put your, put your pencils down. Talk, talk me through this again. Talk me it's through this. A, again. It's a 3015. Okay. Right? So you're I'm doing right. 3015. Yep. And, and on the 30, on my run portion of it, I am almost at an all out. Okay. Run. Good. Almost, it's not a, you know, I could probably run faster, but I, like I said, I'm probably at an eight or a nine on a scale. Yeah. Of 10. Great. And then I walk for 15 seconds. I do that for three miles. Okay. Uh, is that anywhere close? to a speed workout, like doing eight, eight hundreds, that kind of thing. It is, it is. Um, it's not, it's not a speed workout in the same sense that you have a particular race goal. And so you're targeting a, 
a pace for an 800 that is 30 seconds faster than race pace or a pace you're not you're not targeting an overall pace because you're not paying any attention to how slow you're going on those 15 second walks no i'm not you're, you're just focusing on how fast can i go during that 30 second run yeah. there's benefit to that i think there's extreme benefit to that um it would be it would be interesting to see if you did that workout let's say once a week it would be interesting to see how much distance you end up covering during that time period, or, or if you're going for, for distance, not time, it'd be interesting to see how long that workout takes you during that segment week after week. But I think there's some benefit to that. You know, obviously you always need to be careful when you are full out sprinting. Um, and that's not something we really do when we're doing speed work. The only time mm -hmm. we really get close to that is kind of the last part of a magic mile, but no, I think there's benefit to what you did. Here's another one. Well, first of all, I, I have gotten up to the, the point that I'm, I, sh I almost said I make myself, but it's, it's not that big of a chore, but I'm, I'm up to running um, three miles once a week without walk breaks. Okay. No, no need to really do that. That's just a. No, I mean, there's not any need to do that. I'll say there's, there is, there could be a benefit to that. If you are ever in a situation that you are being chased by a wild dog <laughs> and no, that just that came in my head. No, um, here's, here's where that might work. So I, for example, I remember running with my wife once during a marathon and she was really focusing on trying to get a particular time and she was slowing down and I put it to her that if she was going to continue to slow down, that we were going to have to cut out the walk breaks that we could not continue doing walk breaks and slow down the running pace mm -hmm. that couldn't do both of those and still maintain the pace that she needed to maintain to hit this particular goal during this event. And ultimately I don't think she hit the goal. I don't, I don't think she hit it, but she, told me later that it just wasn't in her to cut out the walk breaks and run on in from say mile 23 in the marathon because she never does any of her runs without walk breaks. And I can see the benefit and I definitely, I do some of my runs I do without walk breaks uh, and I can see there, then there definitely been times in my own running when I realized, all right, this is it. I've got to, I've got to cut out the walk breaks. I've got to go. And these have been times when these have been, when I've hit my marathon PR, um, when I hit, you know, my, my first Boston qualifying time, when I just didn't have the overall speed going and I had to sacrifice. There's this, this really interesting concept that I picked up when I was studying English in grad school, which was in, in studying literature, uh, there's this concept of burning the future to light the present. And so if you have the ability to say, all right, I'm willing, I'm going to cut out the walk breaks now and run on in, which Jeff Galloway says we can do, mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're sacrificing the future, your recovery, all those benefits that we get from, not all, but a lot of the benefits we get from doing walk breaks in terms of recovery, they're gone if you burn it out at the end and you don't do those walk breaks toward the end. You hurt more, your recovery takes longer, you walk less 
uh, comfortably the next day. But sometimes it's worth it if you get that time that you're really desperate to get. So for you, is there a benefit to doing these runs without walk breaks? If you can foresee a time when you're at the end of a race, say you're doing a half marathon and you really want to hit a goal and you're you're on the edge there with your pace and you can tell you're slowing down some, cutting out those walk breaks allows you to run a little bit slower overall, but then maybe hit that time that you want. So yeah, there's a, there's a benefit long answer. I'm sorry. This is why your podcasts are so I don't, I don't remember the question. Is it okay to do some of your runs without yeah, walking? I'm kidding. The, I'm kidding. And I the answer you. is, yeah, there it's, it's okay. No matter what, right. It's okay. No matter what, is there a benefit to it? The benefit is there. If you think there's going to be a time in your races that you would want to run the last few miles without walk breaks, having so practiced doing it is good. Yeah. That's not a huge payoff for me. Cause I can't imagine it, but with me, it was more just a mental thing. Oh my God. I ought to be able to run three miles without walking. That I, kind of, I mean, that's a holdover, yeah. Kevin, that's, that's a holdover mm-hmm. from the way you, um, used to run. Mm-hmm. That's a holdover from before you started working with Jeff Galloway and that's okay. Uh, that exists. That's fine. Um, for some of us, and I have a lot of, a lot of friends that run without walk breaks. You do too. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you ever want to run with those folks and you don't, you don't want to ask them to take walk breaks, you don't feel it's necessary to ask them for a shorter run. It's nice to have that in your back pocket that you can pull that out that, you know, yeah, I am capable of a 5k without walk breaks. I'm capable of whatever. Um, it's going to be slower than you could. We know yeah. that. But yeah. So what? And once again, the only reason I care about any of these is because when, when you started giving me some, um, what's the word, um, specific training, you know, something other than what I would call junk miles, Mm -hmm. um, before burden hand, excuse me, burden hand, I started seeing, um, a lot of improvement in my times and and how I felt. So I I don't necessarily want to, I don't want to necessarily go out and do, you know, 800s. Uh, but I don't want to go out and, and just do junk miles anymore. So, you know, I blame this all on you. When, when I go out, I want to have a lot, a, a little bit of a purpose at least. Yes. And, and I think all of your runs should have a purpose. You're, you're, um, you're very much against junk miles. Is that what I'm hearing? I don't think there's such a thing. No, um, I don't think you know what I mean a- when I say it. I do. Yeah, I do. But but I also think that sometimes those miles, even if there's not a physical training benefit, there may be a mental health benefit to those miles. Um, so junk miles, I, I get it. I, I know what people mean. I, to me, a junk junk miles are if you're doing something with your running that's getting in the way of your goals. Detrimental. So, yeah. Yeah. Junk miles in the same way that junk food is getting in the way of your diet. Right. right. So, um, junk food, a, 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 a Snickers bar that I eat during an ultra is not junk food. It's fuel that I need for my body right then and there. Right. So, so junk food is not what's the food it's when are you having it and what is it doing to your overall scheme? It's junk food. If I'm trying to lose weight and I'm eating it at 10 o'clock at night when I really don't need to, 
or I'm eating it at 10 in the morning because I tried to, I thought I was being smart by skipping breakfast and now I'm starving and I'm eating crap. So um, junk miles, um, a mile that I run that may or may not be on my schedule isn't junk if it's benefiting me in terms of my mental health. It's junk if it's causing me not to be able to hit the times that I want. If I if I feel like I want to go out for a five mile run and I run it too hard on a Friday that's listed as a race as a rest day, and then Saturday I've got my long run and I can't complete my long run because my legs are tired from the miles I did the day before, those were junk miles. Those hurt me. Those got in the way of my training. So, um, so knowing where to put in the runs and how to, what types of runs they are, you just want to make sure you're not getting in the way of your training. And that's some of what I do with customized. Some of my runners are people that want to run every day or used to run every day. And so trying to get them to put purpose to their runs and make sure that if they are running more often than the three days a week that we know are necessary and and that that's the minimum that's necessary it's fine to run more than that but if they are going to run more than that making sure that their runs are not getting in the way of their goals because that can happen gotcha that's a great answer i appreciate that one i have one more workout that i have started doing sure um, for this one happens to be a five mile run <clears throat> excuse me i call them ladders i didn't invent this one i know i know you probably know exactly where i'm sure. going with the ladders yeah. but the, the the first mile is a 60 30 mm-hmm. next mile is a 90 30 Next mile's a uh, 120 30, and then back down to a 90 30, and then a 60 30. Up the ladder, yeah. back down the ladder. Um, is there any benefit you see, specific benefit to that, other than to keep my 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 brain? I mean, that's a good one, right? Yeah, yeah. Keep, keeping your brain active is a good one. I do met, I do stuff like that on the treadmill all the time Dude. when I'm on the treadmill. Oh my gosh, because treadmill running can be boring. Yeah. Uh, and so playing around with ratios or playing around with pace or playing around with the incline on a treadmill can be a fun way to do it. I'm assuming, I mean, you were just talking about ratios. I'm assuming that correspondingly, you are increasing your pace, your overall pace when you go from 30 to 60 to 90 or whatever. I, um, yeah, on my watch, it's, the pace is getting better. I, I try to keep the same effort of running, the same yeah. speed running. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I think that's yeah. awesome. Right. What you're doing is you're demonstrating how well these walk breaks work, that at the same level of effort in terms of your running, same pace during your quote run pace, uh, your overall pace changes based on how often you take those walk breaks. So, um, no, I think that's a fine, fine way of doing it. Um, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And it allows you to, yeah, it does allow the run to go by a little bit quicker because instead of thinking I've got to go for this five mile run, you're thinking I've got to do this mile at this, at this race, that mile at that ratio, it makes it a little more, um, approachable, a little more interesting. So those are the only ones that, that I've um, started adding to my own. So I, I, I'm just going to summarize. And I think what I've heard you say for all these is, Kevin, you are brilliant. Right uh, that's the subtext. That's the subtext. The subtext I, is, yeah. Kevin, you are brilliant. Um, I, think, I think that you are doing a really good job of making sure that within, within what you know are the right things to do for your running. You're having fun. 
Right, right. So if, if any listeners have any things along the way that that um, you guys have started doing to keep your mind occupied or may or may not be really helping you get faster or better, send them to us because I'd, I'd love to try some of those. I, I, I love it. Absolutely. I think it's great. You know, some of the workouts that I have my runners do and customized are things that um, are things that I've picked up from coaches here and there that I think are just fun, interesting yeah. workouts. And they may not provide a specific uh, speed work type of benefit, or they're not, they're not speed work. They're not long runs. They're some type of tempo run because they involve some sort of race pace in them, but they're just fun to do and more interesting than go for a five mile run at yeah. race. I, I have one that I do that, that, that um, because I listen to a lot of music and yeah. I put my playlist on, of course, my playlist is full of Beatles and I'll, and I'll pick the pace up from one whole song. And knowing that and at the end of the song, I'll slow back down and I'm fine with some of the old Beatles stuff. I want to hold your hand. I love that one. But then I hit um, Hey Jude every now and then for seven minutes. And I think, damn you, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would, uh, that'd do it. That yep. do it. Those na 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 na's go forever. Exactly. Yeah. Or in a God of DeVita. You know, that, that one's one that you're probably not old enough to remember that song. I am, but I think that's Iron Butterfly. I don't it think is. that's, it I is. don't Absolutely. think that's the Beatles. <laughs> I, I had that uh, LP years ago and the whole side of it was one song and that was it. But do you know, there's a whole generation of people that only know that song from the Simpsons episode. Hymns here. I got hymns here. Get a brother holy. Fresh from God's brain to your mouth. <laughs> and now please rise for our opening hymn. Uh, in the Garden of Eden by I, Ron Butterfly. Remember when we used to make out to this hymn? <laughs> Wait a minute, this sounds like rock and over roll. Really? Yeah. I, I'm gonna have to look that episode up. I can't remember the episode. There's a there's a Simpson episode that, that, look that up. But, so um last question about specific um training programs. And I know and I I'm pretty sure we spoke about this some time ago, but I see this all the time on the different Facebook pages and, and mostly um the customized training program Facebook page. And it's one that you give a I think a lot of your customized training folks. It's the mind of the marathoners. And it took me a while to figure out. I see all these people that just, uh, I did a mom M O M today. And I'm like, right. Are they talking about? So, um, and I think this is one that you got from coach Benson, but it is what it is and 
what it's designed to do. Well, and this is what I was thinking of when I was talking about, you know, their workouts that I've gotten from other coaches that I just think are fun. Um, right. And this is absolutely a Roy Benson uh, workout. I, I have heard a rumor. I haven't looked for it in there, but I've heard a rumor that it's made its way into Jeff Galloway's app, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm gonna look, I have that. I'll, I'll look. Um, I, I, think, I think it may have made its way in there. So I hope that Roy is getting credit for it in the yeah. app. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is a fantastic workout. And this is, um, I, the way I, the way I do it for folks is I call it a five mile workout. The core of the workout is, a, is, is three miles though. So I have a warm up mile and a cool down mile, Okay, um, but the core of the workout is three miles. And what you do is for, a, let's say for a marathoner, but, but half anybody can do this, but, but let's say for a marathoner. Uh, if you know what your pace should be for the marathon. So uh, let's say you're, you you want to run a, um, let's say you want to run a five hour marathon. Okay. Right. So um, pace for a five hour marathon is right around 11 and a half minutes per mile. So what you would do is after your warm up, you would do a mile at 12 and a half minutes per mile for 12 and a half minutes for that mile. Then you do a mile, you roll right into a mile at 11 and a half. Then you roll into a mile at 10 and a half. So the point is the middle mile is race pace. The mile before that is a minute slower than race pace. The mile after that is a minute faster than race pace. And so it's the mind of the marathoner because it gets you in the mindset of the effort that's required in the marathon. In the first third of the marathon, you should be holding yourself back. In the meat of the marathon, you should be cruising at your at your correct pace and interval and all like that. And then in the last third of the marathon, it, you're going to be having to put effort in to hold on to that pace. And you're not necessarily getting faster during a marathon. You might be, but regardless as those miles add up even for people that are doing run walk it it's you're holding yourself back in the first part of it and you're definitely having to hold on to that pace in the last part of it so it's a it's a fantastic workout i love it i really love that workout and and if if i were going to do it how do you how do you tell your clients to adjust the the uh, the speed do you do you um do you do any, you play around with the ratios at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a video on this and, um, sadly <laughs> when I, when I did the video, I didn't really pay attention to my own instructions for the workout. All right. So when I, the instructions that I give my runners, is, the instructions say to use the same ratio for the entire workout. Okay. The reason I say that is because it's just easier math. You don't have to just, if you've got your, your Galloway timer, it just keeps beeping according to when it should, and then you don't have to worry about it. But then if you watch the video that I did on this, I did the math and <laughs> I, changed, I changed the ratio um, for each of those miles. But when you do that, you also have to plan out when am I going to take those walk breaks? Because if I'm doing a two minute run, 30 second walk for my first mile, and then I cross over into the second mile and I still have 30 seconds left in that. But when I cross over in the middle mile, now I'm going to, to three minutes run 30 seconds walk. Does that, does that mean that I do three and a half 
Or mm-hmm. do I do, you know, where do I put those breaks? So I planned out in advance of that run where I would do my walk breaks so that when I got from one mile to the next, I knew when they were going to happen. That made it makes it a much more complicated workout. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I have found, to be honest, is that most of the runners that are doing that workout prefer that complexity. They would rather adapt their ratios to the mile that they are in than hold the same ratio throughout the whole thing. Gotcha. There's got to be a benefit. First of all, you're right. That would make it a lot more complicated. It does. Not only up front, but during too. You're going to have to write that down or remember it or what you're doing each each mile, that kind of thing. There's also, if you don't do it, I would think, and you leave your your beeper on the same ratio, there's a benefit to be had for teaching your body what it feels like to go a little bit faster, you know, a minute per mile faster for that mile. Yeah. Yeah. There's a benefit to that. There's no question. Um, and I think when I did it, I think I actually had to write down on something that I carried with me to remind myself when I was going to be taking the different, the different walk. Well, good. That sounds like fun. It's a fun workout. It really is. Um, it's one of the earlier video. I God, I haven't done a video in forever. I feel no, guilty. You haven't. I, I, yeah. I know. I know. You got it's, all this time on your hands. What in God's name have you been? Right. I had 16 hours in Paris. I could have exactly. made a video about running in the rain while you've got a backpack on and you're wearing blue jeans. Why did I miss that opportunity? Exactly. Um, so it, it's but but that was one of the earlier ones that I did. It's a long video, as I recall, but it does explain that workout, I think, pretty well. And I, I definitely give Roy Benson all the credit for that workout. It's a fantastic workout. I use it all the time for myself. It's one that I often put about a week before a goal race. Um, I'll, I'll do that just as kind of a little confidence booster and and get my mind in the right, in the right you know, get myself in the right mindset about a week before a good race. All right. So um, that's all I want to chat about today. It, it looks to me just off the top of my head that customized training is, is going extremely well. You stand super busy with those folks. I noticed uh, before I forget, I noticed I, I love to see all the extra milers who post that they've started a program. I see our buddy, my buddy, Anthony, even. Yes. Yes. I was so happy. I was so happy that he, that he decided to be a part of customized. I really, uh, um, you know, I've had a great time meeting. I always love hearing his updates on, on your podcast. And then, uh, to, uh, to meet him a couple of times up at bird in hand and terrific. And, uh, so I'm, I'm, it means, it means a lot to me that, that someone who has been running for a long time would, would trust me to help with training. That really means a lot to me. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I know he, he obviously he trusts the heck out of, uh, as all your clients I'm, I'm sure doing, is there anything new or exciting with customize? You got anybody signing up specifically now for the JG or are we still a little bit far out from that? No, I do. I do. I've got a lot of people that are still signing up for that. Um, in fact, the, the registrations, uh, using the people signing up for the VIP package are still coming in, which I think is kind of neat. A lot of, a lot of people that are already in customized are using that as a way to extend their membership. They're like, Hey, I was going to expend, extend my customized anyway. Why not get treated like a star at Jeff's race? 
And then I'm still getting just some folks that are signing up and are kind of unaware of customized. And then they find out that that's a benefit and they're coming in that way. So that's really neat. Um, have had a lot of really fun folks that have registered uh, after seeing and hearing what we've been doing with London and uh, and then, of course, seeing and hearing what we've been doing with some of the other events. So uh, definitely, definitely getting more and more folks in. Um, we'll see if, well, I don't know how many of them, I, I try to tell them all about this podcast. We'll see if Jamie listens to this podcast because earlier when I was talking about uh, Nate running the 50K, I mentioned that Alan had run with him, which is totally wrong. Uh, Alan ran with him during the bird in hand. It was Jamie that ran with Nate during the uh, 50K. So of course I I misspoke on purpose just to tell <laughs> So Jamie, are you listening, Jamie? That's a good question, right? That's a good question. <laughs> we know Nate listens. He'll we probably know. tell both those guys what went on. So, um, but yeah, things are things are going well, and uh, we're super super excited. Obviously, about Jeff's race coming up. It's not too late. This is if if it were the December race, we'd be saying, "Gosh, it's getting awful close." But you've still got December, January, February, and half of March. Uh, to train for it, of course, half of half of November uh, as of now. So really four months of training uh, to go still before that half marathon. So plenty of time for folks doing that. And then this is the time of year when we're seeing a lot of people that are signing up for customized because they want to do um, either the princess half marathon or the Donna half marathon, both of those coming up in February. Uh, we're seeing folks that have been signing up for those. Um, God, I'm so excited about the Donna too. That's going to be a, a tremendous event coming up. So looks like your dance card's just about full. Feels like it, man. It feels like it, but my wife says it keeps me out of trouble. She's probably right. Except God knows what was going on in 16 hours in, in Paris for God's sakes, but getting rained on, I was getting yeah. rained on really hard. Um, well, I'm going to let you go. Um, enjoy your your travels here. Um, enjoy your Thanksgiving. And, um, I definitely want to get together before Christmas and do one, um, right before and put this thing up before Christmas. Yeah, 100%. Let's, let's do that. So don't, don't, don't be so hard to track down. So I won't have to wait so long for the next episode. Well, like you said, well, I could probably do this from my phone. Couldn't I? So, <laughs> I am. so thanks, man. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much. You have come. a good one. End of part one. Intermission. For this edition of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition. Please visit our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast. You can email us with your feedback about the show or send your audio questions for Jeff or Chris to podcast at jeffgalloway.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your extra mile. Oh,